Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Music Rewind, a podcast where we look to tell the stories behind our favorite albums. I'm your host, Steve Epley, and in each episode, I will invite a guest on to tell us about their favorite music album, how they discovered it, and what makes it special to them. Musicians, podcasters, audio engineers, or anyone with a passion for creating quality audio content needs the right equipment to make it happen. Look no further than Zounds. Zounds is the perfect place to get everything you need at a good price, delivered right to your home. Guitars, keyboards, microphones, amps, anything you need, Zounds has it. Please use the link in the show notes for the best music equipment sales online. Joining me today is an old friend whom I've had many music conversations with around the world, Demetrius Jamal Milton. Jamal is a man of many talents, from his days as a SATCOM engineer with me in the government game to logistical wave planning in the 3PL world. His passion is audio engineering through his work with DCB Audio Productions. Welcome, Jamal, and thank you for being on the show. Good evening. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's good to talk to you again, man. Way too long. Yes, it has been way too long. Good to see you again. Good to, good to hear your voice. Yeah, you too, man. Before we get into anything else, what's DCB Audio Productions? Delta Charlie Bravo, which were at the, at the time as the, the initials for our, our dogs, was on one was DC, <laughs> one was DC, and the other one was Bebop. So I was wondering where that came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were they were, it was originally named after our dogs that we had at the time, and then the, the audio productions was just uh, or 360 was just in, in the recording and mixing phase of, of of my business. So that's where the name came from. So what just, all did what all did you get into with with that in the in the Atlanta scheme? I had originally started out recording and mixing out of the house. Well, just mixing out of the house. Cause I didn't want anybody coming to my house. So, so then I don't know. I think you were, you were gone by the time I think we had got, we got bought out again or whatnot. And the so old company, yeah, yeah, the old, the old company. <laughs> the old and company. so they had someone in my position actually. And they were like, well, you can go. And oh. so, so, so I left and Roger was, was fought, fought for me to get a, get a little buyout. So I took the buyout and I went back to, to school for audio engineering. So when I went back and took that course and then I started interning and I ultimately ended up at a place called the artist factory, which was a pretty, pretty well high profile studio and nice. uh, in, in Atlanta or down off of Howell mill. And anyhow, so I had a room there. I managed the building for them. The trade-off was I managed the building. They gave me a room. And so out of the room, I just recorded and mixed, got a chance to, to record, well, be a fly on the wall. Let me, let me, be all the way correct i was a fly on the wall with with cisco who was the lead singer at drew hill a kelly price angie stone is there D'Angelo. a thumping is there a thumping going oh, on in the background that's me that's me and my hand my fault oh, okay <laughs> that's my hand i'm sorry oh all right i don't think the microphone picked that up but so yeah you work so. with drew hill and, and d'angelo uh, yeah by work i mean i i was it was intern status I, w- I had a studio but it was more like one of the other one of the other producers had that had a room there he was just kind enough to let me sit in because I, I wanted to see how i wanted to see how all the other producers and engineers ran sessions as opposed to how i ran sessions so i was like hey what do i got to do and so like everybody always thought i was security because you know i'm like six four so they always thought i was security and they were like <laughs> didn't know thought i was an engineer so so they were like hey can you can you get us water or some chips or whatever and i was like cool no problem and then i just sat by the door and then let them think whatever while they while they kind of got to the business so I got to see the differences or learn the difference between how an engineer and a, and a producer uh, runs a session and what, what, how roles are defined and, and intertwined. And so I just took that with me. And then I got into podcasting. I started recording some podcasts and I do podcasts and I'll record podcasts and then I'll do uh, audiobooks. So I got a couple of clients that, that record for, for audiobooks. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's amazing. From uh, from when we used to work together to where you're at now, it's it's a it's a 180 degree change. That's awesome. Yeah, man, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy just to see where we all ended up and where we're going. I don't say ended up, but definitely where we're where we're going and where we ended up. So it's definitely learned to enjoy the enjoy the joint enjoy the journey a little bit more now nowadays anyway. All right, well, let's jump into the, this album. What album did you bring to the table? And tell me why it is special to you. So I brought Alabama Shakes, Sound and Color. Your line, don't cross the 
not a huge, you know, rock rock person or alt rock. I'm not even sure what what genre they really or subgenre they would be defined under. But I discovered this album the same day that actually we were listening to another album, which was Beyonce's Lemonade. So may, may or not may or may not remember, but Beyonce's Lemonade when it came out, it was a whole visual album. It was a whole experience. Anything Beyonce dropped, anything was a whole experience. So at the time, me and Melissa and a bunch of friends that went to have a party watching Lemonade. Okay, so we watched the album or watched the visual album. Watch the album. Watch the album, <laughs> which is basically you know, a visual album. It was all videos. All, all 10 records was all different videos, which all intertwined. Well, what a concept. They should have like a TV channel just for that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. They really should. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know, man. I thought you should have had one of those in our youth or something, but yeah, that would have been handy. <laughs> yeah. So these kids these days, but so we get done watching that and one of the, you no, know, somebody had, had the album, but it was in plastic. And I was like, well, what is this? And it had, a, and they had just got a vinyl, a record player. And so I asked the host, I was like, can I open it? And they were like, yeah, cool. And so I, pl- I turned it on and they had a hi-fi system. So I'm already in love. And I just turned it on and, and let it play. And I was just blown away. Brittany, or Brittany Howard's voice was like something I had never heard. And once I got past that, I was just like the, the sound. And, and, and finally for me, like the, the lyrics, but I was just blown away with the album. Like the, the arrangement, the sound, her voice, everything. The way it sounded on vinyl was like, it was just something I had never heard before. So it was, uh, that's how I discovered it. So you had never heard uh, their previous ones, like Boys and Girls? Nope. No? Nope. I didn't discover them until I, I just happened to see that album sitting there. I, I got lucky enough to, I, I caught them at uh, Bonnaroo in, in like 2011. Mm-hmm. That, that was, I, I knew of them. They had uh, a couple hits off, off the, that, but, but this came out after that. And I had heard some of these songs, but I'd never listened to the album all the way through. So this was, mm-hmm. this was a, truly a gem, and I'm glad you brought this one in. But I was struggling to like, categorize them too mm-hmm. you know they're it, it's a it's a wonderful mixture you know it almost sounds like like otis redding and the black keys and i don't know you could throw in janice joplin or or, or Edda james like i'll mix it together mm-hmm. and you've got this fantastic band yeah i i agree wholeheartedly and black keys is probably the the closest thing that i could probably equate it to just because i'm a fan of the black keys so when I hear some of their arrangement and, and some of their progressions and whatnot, I, I, who I hear also is, is who I associate with them would be Black Keys. That's definitely somebody that I, I kind of see, but they don't fit in that same genre exactly. So, but, but you could, you could have Brittany Howard sing the Black Keys lyrics and it would probably yes. sound fantastic. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree. She just has that, that raspy Southern, I've been through some stuff. <laughs> type of type type of vocals and, and I love those. And she those. plays too. Yes. And she's yeah, a phenomenal yeah. player. Phenomenal player. And I don't think she gets enough credit for her playing abilities. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you called this earlier because we were supposed to do this in season one, but we got you know scheduling conflicts and whatnot. But so I'm glad we got you in for season two. But I think at the time you you called it the 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 best mixed album you had ever heard. Yeah. Every mix I've ever done I compared to this album. You know, just because the what he was able to accomplish in, on and on the gear, or not even just the gear he did it on, but the the emotion that he was able to to capture and 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 evoke out of every record, every note was to me is phenomenal. I I see why I won Best Engineered Album of the Year that year, just because like the from the equipment to how every signal chain on, try to get all the way in the weeds or whatever, but it just everything I've done and do, I always compare it back to this album because if I, if I can't get that time or capture that type of emotion and then, you know, that's what I'm striving for. I'm not going to say I failed, but I say that's what I'm striving for. So when, when I take it a, a level deeper than that, Steve, like this was, this was a soundtrack to my, to my divorce. Ultimately, this was the soundtrack to my divorce. This was, this was like when I listened to it, cause I listened to it in the car yesterday. Now it just sounds like a breakup album, you know, like, like, all the way through. And I don't know what her, what she was going through. Cause I, I dissect the lyrics or whatever, but I hear, yeah, you know, this is, we started out at one place and now we ultimately, we ended here and now it's over. And so it's like, it's like a breakup album for me 
or my soundtrack I, anyway. I can completely see that just going with, with my notes that I have for all the tracks. It's, it, it definitely seems like a personal journey from front to back. Yeah. 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 And you know how she carries it even in, it's almost like uh seven stages of grief, you know, like, you know, everything that I went through, you know, it's never a straight line. Right. So it's not like you go through level, you know, stage one, two, three, four, five, six or seven. Sometimes you go to two, dump, jump to four, back to three. It's never, it's never straight. Some not necessarily joy, joy on the surface, but there's something else in the undercurrent, I guess would be the best way for me to, to put that. So, so, so walk me through the album, how you listen to it. So, <laughs> if I'm in my feelings, it's about the only time was when I, I or when I'm in a mood to reminisce. You know, I think I'll, I'll throw it on, and I I literally just start at I start track one, and I just I I let it ride, I let it play out, to to you get to the other side. When you get to the other side, you get to the journey to the other side. That is, so it's kind of like you know how how she's happy or or she's she's playing with emotion and and, and happiness in one record, but if you, you listen to the lyrics, it's and then where it's placed. You know, the undertones in it are emotion or whatever I'm at at that moment. I just, I just let it come to me. So like, even just starting at, starting at the beginning with, with the sound and color, just starting. You, you, you got me thinking about this in a different, different light now, as far as the, you know, the journey of a, of a relationship and, and say, I'm, I'm staring at my notes and I'm looking at all the track, track notes for them. And it's, it's, it's literally, I'm sorry that you, you know, relived it you know, when you listen to it you know you're oh, no, it's cool now <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all right it's all right but and on that note you know even when you get down to the end you know the ending tracks it is acceptance and you know being cool with the situation right so so, right. so i don't and i don't know if, if that was her intent because i think she wrote all the lyrics yeah yeah she, yeah she wrote them all yeah but like, like sound and like color them. Sound of Color in the track one is, is I've got it as a song about the beauty all around us. If you just have to look, you got to find it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt like it was like the, the initial... Like we found each other. We found each other through through the muck and the storm. And we we're here. We understand each other. I guess the not the lust phase, but the where everything that the birds sound the birds sound <laughs> the sun looks shiny, you know, the sun is the sun is shining brighter, the birds are chirping, you know. So it's like a, I always felt like I always looked like it was like that phase. Like we're just falling in love phase, I guess. And it, and it does contrast well with track two because you know sound and colors is uh, is say it's all everything's it's a beautiful song mm-hmm. uh, and especially if you've got say the hi-fi stereo or the headphones on you know it's 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 all around you everything is 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 wonderful and then you go into track two don't want to fight and you know just a couple seconds in you've got this this wail from Brittany yeah. Murphy which is which is fantastic and it, yeah. it, it the, the whole album kind of changes from there. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's a good point. It's like, the, you know what sound of color sounds like to me before we get into that? The in- intimacy. Like there's like there's an intimacy to the record. Like before you, you know, you or or, hey, you notice a red flag or whatever. By the time the whale comes in, you know, now the and the, and the guitar lick come, or the rip comes in. And you're like, listen to the words. Now it's OK. Now we've had our, our first fight. Now we're in and now we're into the mix of actual having a, a relationship and developing this. And this and you know what you I forgot the exact bar that she says it in, but you know, she kind of like throws her hands up in the, in the, in the records. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be the one to fight anymore. So, you know, it's, it, uh, yeah, it's got that great line of why can't we both be right? Right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't we both be right? Exactly. And then so, you know, you, but you're fighting, fighting human nature, you're fighting your person, you know, your own little demons to, to be right. And, and you know, that, that, that hits home. Like I said, it just it hits home because I don't know anybody that hasn't been in that situation, you know. Right. And then you know, in and 
always had like this feeling like she was writing this as if she was in the mirror reminiscing and reflecting on what she did wrong and what she did right. You know, that's, that's how, how, when I close my eyes and listen to it, that's always how I felt like she wrote, like she wrote it. And that's how I looked at it with, with my relationship for our marriage for a long time was what did I do wrong? What did I do right? Cause I don't, I didn't want to fight, but yeah, I still find myself fighting, mm-hmm. you know, and what am I fighting for? And then just the emotions that that carries and that whale at the beginning was just like, I was everything. <laughs> Cause you know, sometimes you feel like that. I don't, you know, you've been married one year, 10 years, whatever. Just sometimes you feel like that. And that's about how yeah. I felt. And man, this is weird. Cause then it goes straight into track three dunes, which is about someone who is lost, confused and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're yep. reaching that breaking point. Yep. But it's almost like you, like I, I, I listened to that and, and I feel like, you know, you felt like I had found my pathway out. Like I found my path. I was like, this is what recovery looks like. My recovery from grief looks like, or my stages of grief looks like. And like, it, it, it looks like it's a bright, like the, okay, there's light at the end of the tunnel, but then somebody shuts the light off and then they block off that path. And now you got to feel along the walls and find someone, find another way to get out. That's what, that's how, that's how I feel when I listen to Dunes. It's like, it's probably one of the second toughest record for me to get through just because of, I listen to the record and I feel, I feel, I feel a sense of hope, but then I feel a sense of despair and the despair wins. To be honest, like that, that's just how I felt when I listened to that record. So it's a, it's a tough one to get through, but it's probably like not even on an emotional level on that deep. To me, it's like one of the best produced records that, that Ryan did just because it's how it's arranged and how everybody gets to shine on that record from the, from the guitar to Brittany to the, to the baseline. It's just a phenomenal record. Probably my second favorite record on, on the album for sure. Man, it's really amazing how it's, it's every single album that gets brought to, to the show. You know, I, I have something in mind, whether it's just, musically or lyrically. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's the stories that, you know, make me look at the albums in a different way. And yeah. so it's just, just one of the things I love about this little project we're doing. You know, I, I always come away with an even higher appreciation for the album and, and all the, uh, the thought that goes into making these things. Yeah. It's, I don't know, I know you've never sat in on, get on, get sidetracked or whatever, but in the same, in the same vein, like I've had the opportunity to record and mix four albums for artists from beginning to end and where they start out and where they end is never, never where you expect, never where you expect. And, you know, I have a hard drive full of records from people that, you know, they thought they were going to go one, just go in one direction and end up, you know, going somewhere entirely different. So I, I have a, a, a different level of respect for a finished product because it's so hard to get a product out there or to get, to get what your vision is out there as an artist. And, you know, having so many outside influences that to get some, to get something of this caliber and this through, and I'm sure you, this, even with the thing of Pink Floyd or, or anybody, anybody that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult. So. Especially in this day and age of, you know, I, I released a few singles. It's like, that's great. And they may be great tracks, but creating an album, is yeah. something special, especially one that obviously hits at this level. You know, this album is your baseline for, for what you do. You know, there's, there's just so much more that goes into it. I would love to be a fly on the wall in a recording session. I think that'd be phenomenal and would broaden my understanding of the process. I've only had, I've only been able to you know view the end products. Mm-hmm. If you ever have a chance to bring a guest in, if you're ever in that situation again, give me, give me a call. Oh, I'm, I'm there. Without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. I, I definitely want you to see that. Because it's so when I think on YouTube with this particular album, I think they had a couple of videos of, of them in the studio actually working. And uh, I think they had a video. I think they were recording. They, they were doing a video of them actually recording Dunes or maybe it was future people. You know, you can see it. You can just see it in her face and in her and in, in, in her her vocals when she's when she's singing it, that it's coming from a different space. I don't know. translate and get that through it's like 
it just hits me in a, in a, in a way like, man, it, it, this album forced me to process, to, to look at and process a lot of, a lot of things that I hadn't done emotion wise in, in, in a long time. So, you know, future people, I think is a real hidden gem. Like it took me a little while for it to warm up to me, but, but future people was, well, is, is a record that definitely it gets me. It, it definitely, uh, allows me to, I guess, feel a little, have a little bit of a smile on my face when I hear it. And then, you know, look, look, look through some things, look through a different lens. Future People uh, jumped out at me as one of my takeaway tracks in that from a music perspective, I love the, the guitar intro and then some heavy guitar change about the midpoint. But then I, I enjoyed the, the lyrics on subsequent listens where, you know, they're talking about, you know, some people want to talk about only the past. They're just focused on the past, whereas some people are only focused on the future. And there's there's yeah. got to be an in-between. Yeah. Yeah. And I was definitely I was heavily. I mean, I think when you agree with anything, you're, you're focused on what that past may be, whether, you know, and my marriage was, it was the death of a marriage. So it was, I couldn't help but look back at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't. Future people like this, it's like you're right, the guitar change and, 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 and how, <laughs> how it changes uh, towards the second end. That kind of me encapsulates how my emotions would be when I, when I reflect on it. Like, you know, it'll be happy. It'll be happy. And the next thing you know, I'm going to smash the glass on the wall, you know, uh, because it's like, damn, Mm -hmm. you did, you know, you did this, like you, you did this and you didn't help in this situation, you know? And so that's, uh, that's how future people hits me just to give you, put it in, in greater perspective. I had just started working at, in the warehouse and I was on the floor. I was, I was loading pallets and, they got these blue pallets, so like 50 pounds. And I was, I was working. Everything was fine. I had just started. I was smiling, getting to know people. And then it's just like, like, just like when that guitar change comes out, kind of comes out of nowhere and hits you. And like, it, like, it's like a rush. That's how I was with my emotions at the time. So it was like something, I, something triggered some memory. And I just threw one of these 50 pound pallets across the warehouse floor. Damn. And I broke down right there, like I like right there on the floor. I was like, this is, you know, I knew it was going to be tough, but it was like it was debilitating. So it's the uh, future people just reminds me of that particular instance when it was just like a, it was completely debilitating where I could not I couldn't move. I couldn't I mm-hmm. couldn't breathe. And there was a guy um, not, not to jump forward, but give me all your love. This is like where. Like this was a turning point for me and respected that in that instance, there was a gentleman that walked up to me. His name was, his nickname is D money. I didn't put his real name out there, but his nickname is D money. And he's a little younger than me, but he walks up to me, doesn't know me from anybody. And uh, he's like, Hey man, there's only one thing that make a man throw a 50 pound pallet 20 feet across the, the warehouse floor. And that's a woman. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what your story is. I don't know who you are, but I know you're going through it. And hey, look, man, it's all right. You're gonna be okay. I don't. I, he didn't know me from nobody, bro. And it was my first time actually talking about my divorce out loud. And I'm a big proponent. Like, if you can say it out loud, versus when you know you're just talking about it, like it's a different, it's a different level of mental of, of acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we, you know, I, we worked overseas. We worked when we heard people all the time talk about, you know, we, I'm a quit. I'm going to quit. But when they actually came out their mouth and said, Hey, I'm thinking about quitting. Then you knew that you have to take that, that seriously at the time, you know? So, so that's how I approached it. And so it was my first time actually saying it out loud. Like I'm getting, I'm getting a divorce. Like this is happening and there's nothing that's going to stop it from happening. But this guy was, this guy was, was, was willing to let me open up and then talk to him about it from a man, like, the man to man, not man, not mm-hmm. for me to my therapist, but like it's on the man to man level. And he had been uh, through something similar. Uh, that's cool that he, he helped out that way. That's forever. That's I will love him forever for that. Like man, have to help him bury a body one day. I don't know. But the <laughs> fact that he took the time, you know, and we, we and to, to do that. 
was was crucial. And ever since then, I've been an advocate, you know, just for mental mental health and mental awareness anyway, from from a man's stand, from a man's standpoint, because we don't really get that opportunity to have that have that level of openness, I guess, all the time. So give me all your love kind of rep- represents that for me. Why don't you me just a little while? Tell me what's wrong. Like just the the idea, the opportunity to to get that. And yeah, I mean that. that. Give me all your love is is heavy. I mean that's yeah, a, yeah. That, that's a. I mean it's it's say filled with emotions Sorry. on both both sides of yeah of what th- that person is 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 thinking and feeling, and uh, and and that comes out in her. I mean it's it's really hard to explain, and if you're without you know obviously it's not playing right now, but to explain her emotion that comes out in, in her vocals, I, I can totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, I may listen to it again after we get off and, and have something entirely different come up, but that's what sticks out to me the most when is that I saw, I know God's real. <laughs> it's like, cause that guy, that man had no reason to, but it was, and had no, had no business to, but he took, he took the, he took the chance to do that. And, and so for that, I'll forever be grateful. And so like that, what that invoked in me was to do the same thing and pay it forward to the, to somebody else, even if it's just to be a soundboard, cause you don't know what they're going through or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I get out of give me, give me all your love is that you don't know what, what they're going through. And it's like, you know, there's so many layers to it and it's just you, what you, what you want from somebody and they can't give it to you or what they want from you and you can't give it to them and how that manifests can be, you know, it could be a million different ways. And so that's, mm-hmm emotionally overwhelming and like I said in many different ways yeah 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 that record is man well then with 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 track six the next one this feeling they you know all that you know that pent-up uh emotion they they slow it down it's like taking a breath yeah it, it, it all came out on track five which on the side track five always is this a I got a question for you to, to, yeah, what's side thing is track five like an industry thing that it's like a, a, always a great tune like that's kind of the goal you know it's, i had this conversation with the with a gentleman who did a, who, who did a lot of production for for outcast and dungeon family and goody mob and a whole bunch of some serious acts in, in Atlanta. And, and he does a lot of work with some r&b acts and he actually brought this up he uh, he has said that it almost like you when you the goal not the goal but how how a lot of people approach it is is kind of like you want like a roller coaster like you want to crescendo or get to the top at at, at five or six Mm-hmm. And then kind of plateau a little bit, and then take them through the take them through the ride again, like a little dip, and then either end on the high or you want to end on the low. But five is five or six is generally like the halfway point on a on a long play, right? So you want mm-hmm. you generally want that to be kind of the the highest the highest issue. That's what that's what he said. That's what they always try to do. Doesn't always work out that way, but he did say that. Like it's like usually six, actually six or seven, but like they want they kind of want the roller coaster up. As, as you look back on all the albums we've done on the show, track five always seems to, and granted the albums that are being brought to the show are excellent albums. They're not, they're not the, in the, in the $2 bin. You know, these are, yeah. these are high standard albums and a track five always seems to be that, that peak of the first rush of from the intro to number five. Boom. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I don't know if that's the, uh, uh, like if you had a, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm thinking there, but yeah. Track five is what I'm saying. It just always seems to be like, you know, got to put a hit on track five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, look at the, look at, look at the average or, or the, the, the age of the albums. Like this one here doesn't predate the digital, digital streaming or whatnot, but this album was not, was not geared towards streaming platforms. This was meant for, for vinyl or, or for that, for that scenario, you look at the age of the albums that you, that you've gone through and up until a certain point before streaming and before they changed over the rules for streaming and how, how royalties are paid off and stuff like that. Totally different ball game when it comes to where to record placement is on the album and how many records are on that album. That's true. So that's very true. So when you, when you look at it in that respect, yeah, like this is, you know, they're the way that they're arranged and whatnot is completely different. So yeah, this is definitely, these right here, you can, are, are more, like you said, complete bodies of work, not singles. It's not like, you know, you're looking for a high record and then hope and hope that that single sells. 
because no one's going to buy your album because they think it's going to be trash because you don't have a complete body of work. It's just, you know, you, it's a complete body of work through and through. That's, that's an excellent point because almost all of the, the albums that we've done have been geared towards either vinyl or cassette where, you know, you're flipping that tape at a certain mm-hmm. point. Uh, or you're flipping that vinyl. I've been real deep into Quadrophenia lately, so I've, my, I'm way <laughs> skewed on 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 uh, track. No, I mean that's going to be a wild conversation. <laughs> but the uh, it all kind of changed to me, and and this is just my point of view with about about '07 with Radioheads and Rainbows, and I'm speaking in the game of uh, of of the show. That's when they they changed up their digital download strategy. They made an mm-hmm. album, but then they. Change, you know, transferred it for digital downloads in a different way. They gave it to the people for free if they wanted it. And yeah. it, it, that's like a turning point. And this is definitely the newest album we've done on the show. Absolutely. This one's the newest one? I thought, uh, no, okay. Yeah. I got, yeah, got you. Got you. Yeah. And like I said, but this particular album, the way, I mean, even just it was distributed to was tell this was not what you can get on digital. This was made for vinyl. Like this was made for is this was made for a specific subset of people that want to listen to it a certain way and everything from the way it was recorded to, to, you know, to its delivery, because I couldn't find this. It wasn't until recently that I could find this digitally. So, you know, it was just, it, it was just, it was meant to be presented different. So, but I agree. I, I never actually thought about that, but I will go back and look at all my albums and be like track number five, five or six. Let me see this. Okay, you might be on some. I, I think the only, the, the only one that, that breaks that trend is Animals, but Animals only had five tracks. So mm. that, that, that one's a cheat. Gotcha, gotcha. And the key is to make all your songs over 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man. I don't know how you, the, the focus it requires is pretty yeah, good. Ima- imagine, you know, engineering those, but that, that's a, a, whole, a whole other conversation in itself. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Tangent aside, where, where were we? Hey, guess, guess who? I think. Are we, this, this uh, track seven is guess who? Guess who? And this was like a reprieve. Like this was kind of like it's a quiet maybe, song. Yeah. 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 Definitely quiet. It's a little bit of a reprieve, and it's in this. Uh, man. I, I have this, my note as everything is complicated, and they just want it all to slow down. Yeah. That's about that's about how I feel. That's about how that's pretty accurate. And in the vein of a relationship that is, you know going off the, the rails, I could see everything is like everything that is happening. You can't control it. And it's just kind of going wrong and you want it all to slow down. So you can't control it. Yeah. Even if that's to, impossible. This one was the, this and, and the greatest was kind of like the, uh, this was like, well, if I, maybe if I do X and Y, I can, I can get it, I can get back together. Like, you know, what is, what is, what, what do we do here? What can I do different here? Maybe if another apology with a letter or whatever, like I can get this back. And with that faint hope, but not really, you know, and (laughs) that's, they're calm, but it's like, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I definitely see it as saying the greatest year, which in my opinion is the best song on the album. Love the greatest, but it's, you know, remember, remember the good things, the greatest po- points that we had. And if we can just do that again, everything will be okay. Even though that's a complete gloss over of all the problems underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, and not we haven't addressed anything. Mm-hmm. We haven't addressed, we haven't really, I haven't addressed anything. I didn't, even though I had, this was about the time. This, I started listening to this album heavy by the same time I started, you know, I took my butt to therapy because, you know, I just didn't want to carry I wanted to make sure I addressed what issues I had because I can't, you know, worry about the other person. I had to take care of myself and I had to make sure that emotionally that I was doing what I needed to do emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, pretty much in every facet to, to move forward. So when I hear those, it's like me procrastinating against what I really need to do and when, and kind of hoping that we can go back to the way it was. And it's not, uh, I you know it was never the case, but 
there was me kind of living in a fantasy world a little mm-hmm. bit and uh, not being honest with myself. Especially the greatest, but it's like yeah, I can hear a shoe stamp, like like uh, like a time stamp. I would, you know, where I was and what I was doing. You know, that's why this is probably the single greatest album for me in in a lot of respects. One of my three, but I mean, it's just in what it represented at a particular time in my life. Even though you know it was a couple years old at that point in time, but those records in particular was was a turning point. Because it forced me to be uh, be a little more honest with myself than I was I was being. On a on a side note, though, I, I do want to mention that the greatest, uh, as I mentioned before, to me is is the best song on the album, and that's just me, in my opinion, loving good dirty blues, mm-hmm. and it just it comes out of nowhere because the previous couple songs were were low key acoustic and quiet, and then this one comes in, you know. You know, like a, I don't want to say like a comes in like a wrecking ball. That's terrible. Comes in like a freight train. How's that? <laughs> oh, you can try to edit that out later. That's, <laughs> that's, I'll, I'll always know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's uh, taken even just taken out of context of the whole album. It's it's a good southern blues song, and I love it. How about the greatest? Yes. Okay. Okay. I always mm-hmm. envision like. You remember uh, at your wedding, the night of your wedding, when we went to, we, I don't know if it'd be a, we went to the different bars. Was that the night of your wedding? Yeah. Well, I could be, but. <laughs> I know, I, 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 I can't remember. It's all, it was a blur. It was a blur. Because we, we know we did it a well, couple yeah, times. After the, after the wedding, we hit all, a bunch of uh, bars on, on Bourbon Street. So, but we went to like, like, one of the main ones was the Funky Pirate with the big Al Carlson, the blues singer. Yes, I always envision like that record being played there, like, like absolutely. Just, you know what I mean? Like that one. And didn't we go to one and Harry Connick Jr. was on the piano, or was I just? I might have been. Drunk. Oh, oh no, I, I would. That I would know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was no, no. And if if someone went to a bar and Harry was on the on the piano and didn't tell me, I'm I'm pissed now. <laughs> <laughs> I had tickets to see him and it got canceled because of COVID. I was, oh. <laughs> but, but to the point though, yeah, I always envisioned that record being played like in, in a place like that where you could just walk in and be like, okay. And you know, like that, it, it just has that type of vibe to it. Like in, you, you're thinking of Fritzl's jazz pub, which is right next to the funky pirate. And they have, they have a bunch of older white guys playing jazz there. And, and I could totally see the piano player, being mistaken for yeah okay we were okay. pretty hammered that was probably that's probably the case yes and that's definitely the, that's that yeah the place right next to it yeah yeah, yeah. fritzel's is awesome uh, yeah, that place. I, go, I need to get back there <laughs> new orleans is a vibe I, I definitely need to get back there soon man. so next up we've got track nine which is shoegaze and i can't remember what that sounds like off the top of my head it's a it's a smooth southern rock melody Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's basically a song about the value of friendship. So this is kind of getting into that acceptance realm. Yep. Yeah. What were your notes? I'm curious now. I just read them. Oh, accept, oh acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a record that I can I can I can drink a beer to and or a glass of wine and I can smile. Like if I don't do nothing else. Like I can, I can, I can sit and smile and I can appreciate all the times, the, everything. And then not feel some type of way. 
Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's you know if that even makes sense. But like I can, no, it makes perfect sense. It does, you know, and not and not be uh, not be I never try to be bitter or anything. Obviously, you can't help what what comes up sometimes. But I could definitely sit and like I I could just sit with it and start to start to genuinely develop or or look at the the scar and then not pick at the scab. If that may if that if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty accurate. Good. That's that's pretty accurate. The, uh, yeah, and that, that flows in. That flows into uh, track ten. Miss you, which goes down yeah. even slower. Yeah, yeah. This is where this is where you get to the to the straw that broke the camel's back in a sense. Like get uh, I'm gonna like it, it took me. I think it took me like about four times just to even get past. Like I'm gonna miss you. This is almost like signing the papers. You know, it was, and it was like there was nothing left between us in in respect to anything outside of our dogs. I mean, but there was nothing. There was nothing left for us to discuss. I'm gonna miss you. Like we're on, you know, you you great terms. It's the the finality of it was like, you know, I buried, I buried this, I buried a loved one. Even though it's been you know, well over three years, it's just it it's never seems old, I guess. Like the that that instance, I don't know if it's seen, I don't know. It just never seems old, but it's like once I got past <laughs> the first lyrics or whatever, honestly, it becomes a blur because all I can think about is what my journey was like after that. And rebuilding, the rebuilding of my of myself, emotionally, mentally, like it just, I had to move forward. And so like, you know, I'm trying to think of a movie scene or something like that, because you know, you're a movie buff, like I'm a movie buff where it's like you know the fingers like they drift apart and then like you know all, all this left is like the clouds or whatever you know what i mean so it's like it, that's it like you're out of each you're out of each other's orbit you know so there's no more there's no more you me me looking in the sky and thinking i'm gonna see that particular star that star is gone like it's out of my orbit now and i need to find somewhere else to be and find someone something else to orbit around i'm never i'm never gonna see that star again so if that metaphor makes any any it does at all it does and i apologize so. but the first thing that came to my mind was was fight club and he's you know after you know apologize to anyone who's never seen fight club but what's wrong with you uh if uh, you know after he rids himself of tyler he's never going to see him again and because that's the love story, him and Tyler Durden. Right, right, right. So absolutely. So once that is no more, he's now you know that was his toxic relationship and that was his problem. Now he's looking for, towards the future, which just happens to be you know with <laughs> buildings being demolished and you talking about when you talking about yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. I was about to say yeah. That's that's pretty. That's pretty accurate. That is actually yeah. pretty accurate. I mean, <laughs> and just yeah. you know, so now. And yeah, he's got that line. You, know, you met me at a very complicated time in my life when he says to to his girl, other girl, other girl. What you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Um, what you mean. Yeah. So, but he's now looking out the window, and you know the buildings are exploding, and he's just that's his. You know, okay, what's next? I got to move on. Right, right, right. And that's that's very accurate. That's what it was. I was like, after he did that, and then everything blew up, and then like there's nothing left, and you have to rebuild brick by brick i know i did i can't speak for nobody i know i did but that's how that's how i had to move forward was um, very similar to that and that's kind of what that reminds me i was like i'm i'm gonna miss you i'm missing the old me ultimately it ain't even about her no more it was about i'm just missing the old me because the hardest part is to to create new habits and, and to put myself in a new space to to move forward you know so when i got there that's what I'm, that's what miss you represents to me. It ain't really about her. It's about ultimately, excuse me, trying to create a better version of myself in, in all aspects to be better for the people around me and 
and to attract attract the type of person, the people that I want to be around, you know, and just and and. Well, and, honestly, and honestly, that's that's the that's the the healthy way to look at it. I mean, that's you know, it, it sounds like this album was was amazing therapy to help you with this whole thing. Oh, it is, and and, and that's in that outlook of you know, it's at that point you say it's it's no longer about you two together or her. It's it's about you looking forward. Yeah, yeah, because I because eventually you have to. I had to stop wondering if she was looking for me, you know what I mean? Cause I like, mm-hmm. nah, it's not, that's, that's not happening. Anymore. And this was like, okay, you need to look out for you and, and create the best, the best version uh, of yourself, you know, get back in the gym, do whatever you got to do and get there and get there and learn from it and then just be better from it and for it. And you know, just be a better man for it. And that's kind of where I got to now. The next record, Jim and I, like there's not a time I can't listen to this without probably without shedding a tear because this is like the culmination. Like if, if you could put, if you could encapsulate everything, the whole relationship into one record is Gemini. And you know, when you get to the, to the way, the subtle way that she sings the lyrics, hang on. First of all, what were your notes on Gemini? I have a weird one. A great tune with unexpected melodies, very spacey. Spacey is right. Uh, I didn't have um, I didn't have anything on the lyrical content because I was I was at the time just more focused on the really the music. And I can't remember the bar. I can't remember bar for bar, but basically, you know, honeysuckles on the Tennessee. We should be together, just you and me. In this time, on the honey of the Tennessee, where we were sleep in the soft sunshine, I smile at you and you to me. It was like if there was an end credit scene, that was it. And it's like the cut scene from like, not like a Marvel, but like there's a cut scene in between where we were standing in a, in a, in a, in a, in a field of lilies or lilacs or something. And then we're walking back like we're walking away from each other, mm-hmm. you know, saying, I love you, but you know, we got it. We got to go. It didn't work out, you know, but there's no, I don't hate you. You don't hate me. And it's like, that's what that first verse represents to me. Like, Hey, we're on good terms. We made it. We're here. And then when that guitar comes in, man, when that guitar comes in, bro. That's like the realization, the gut punch that is, that it's over. That was that was me throwing the, the palette. That was me entering therapy. That was me uh, like saying it out loud for the first time. That was me waking up and knowing what it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And that guitar was crying. Like that, that man made that guitar cry. I don't know what he was going through, whatever, but I felt that like that, that hit me on a level. Like even now I get, I, I get tear up just thinking about this because that was, that was everything. And then when it cuts off, and then it gets back into her singing and she's, you know, still, still talking about, you know, in together, just you and me. And as I see you, so, and then it's, and it's, it's everything like, you know, like I always envision like, like the end of, for lack of a better one, like the third bad man where I'm out for coffee, whatever, with, and I just happen to see her walk by and she's happy. And it's like, okay, cool, cool. I don't all right, bet that. I don't feel any type of way, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, because it was, at a, it was at that point, it was at that point, like, you know, like I, I started yoga, I went to therapy and I started yoga. Yoga was instrumental for me because it, uh, it allowed me to almost be supplemental to therapy in a way. Like people, uh, you may or may not know, like, you know, some people, they go to therapy and they, like they never graduate from therapy. Like they stay there. And so like, you don't ever put into practice what you learned in therapy. So like, you know, I had to cut off therapy after a while and just be like, I have to put this shit into practice. Like there's no, there's no more practice time. Like it's game time. 
Mm-hmm. And so for better or for worse, I know I'm going to take some bumps and bruises, but I have to put the education that I used into that and put it into game time. Yoga allowed me to give me different avenues to put those theories into practice in, in real time. So, you know, you, you, you learn learning to, to meditate and proper breathing and control your uh, emotions and, and work through your emotions, acknowledge and work through them. That's what yoga did for me. And one of the things that we ended when I did yoga was, you know, you pray for somebody, right? doesn't matter who you keep it to yourself. And then like you pray for them to be happy, whole, safe, and healthy. And so that's what I was praying for. I was like, I want her to be happy, whole, safe, and healthy, even without me. And so when I, and I knew I was, I was recovered or I moved forward when I could see her in all four of those and not feel anything but happiness for her. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So when I, when that actually happened in real life, and I saw that her happy, whole, safe and healthy and prospering. And I didn't feel any type of way or whatnot. It was like Gemini represents her vocals represent that, that for me, like, okay, bet that I see you walking down the street on the other side. She ain't got to see me, but I see her happy, whole, safe and healthy. And she doing her thing. And that's all I, that's all I wanted. I'm not asking, I ain't trying to get back together. All the, all the other shit is over with. I just want that for her. That's good. And so when is, and so the second time when the, you know, the, when the guitar comes back, it's like that to end off the record. That's like the, that's it. Fade to black. And I'm in a different space moving forward. And it's not like something that I want to revisit all the time, but that's what that record represents for me. Gemini is, is the encapsulation of, of everything, my whole journey from front to front to back. And everything in between there is like timestamps on on that journey. Like it, uh, Gemini to me is the best record, probably one of my favorite records of all time, I, if not my favorite record of all time. And it, to me, it solidified Britney as being one of my favorite vocalists, male or female, of tag her in this when you do this and be like <laughs> my friend said you, you're the goat she is the she's one of the goats for me but this record that's what this record represents for me man it's spacey but it just takes me to a place it just takes me to a place of of fulfillment and and completion like my journey is my my journey is is this part of my journey is over and it's okay for you to move for me to move forward I'm sorry if I rambled. If I was talking too long, I apologize. Oh, no, that's why we're here. <laughs> the stories and memories of our favorite albums, it doesn't get more succinct than that. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, uh, I think, over my, <laughs> man, over my head. I don't know. I don't even know if I ever listened to it all the way through, to be honest with you, bro. <laughs> I don't know if I ever listened to it to to be honest with you, I hear it in my head. Love is so deep, I'm in over my head. But my, yeah. my note for it was enjoying all life has. Wait, wow, that's bad English. En- oh, enjoying all life without ever coming to an understanding uh, that you will experience it all. There, that's that's the way I I read the lyrics and listened to it. You know, you're, there's going to be you're going to experience many different ups and downs in life, and you're but you're never going to experience everything. So enjoy life to the fullest where you can. I don't know if I got that, but that's the way I, I heard it. I felt like for me, it's like, I don't know, man, I, I can hear it in my head. And, but by the time I get to Gemini, to be honest with you, by the time I get to Gemini, I'm so emotionally exhausted that I really can. Uh, I don't know if I had anything left. Like I think over my head just becomes a record that I kind of, that's what I, that's my cool down record, I guess. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's a great record. And I, I wish I had some more for it, but, but like Gemini just always will forever just just take it out of me, like and 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 over my head just kind of kind of got skipped over. But I, I, I like your synopsis of it though, and I feel like I I can hear it in my head, but.
but it's not but emotionally it's not it's not doing nothing for me and it's not not because it's not a dope record it's just because Gemini's the <laughs> well, in, the, <laughs> in, in the vein of of the emotional roller coaster of this album i would say that that final track you know with 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 track 11 gemini you know your your metaphor of of the the field of lilies and the hands leaving and your that's that final departure that last one is is the you know the the turn so with your back to you know leaving it in the past now you're you know you're moving on to experience life and whatever is happening next gotcha yeah yeah that's that's great that's a great analogy. I, yeah, <laughs> that's that. That would be it. That would be it. And I think that it's all about uh, not forgetting. Mm-hmm. All you know, learning from it all. You know, your, yeah. your experiences make you who you are. Absolutely. And to the people that will blank it all out, like it just never happened, you know, then you're just gonna you're you're doomed to repeat whatever mistakes you made before. You're not growing as a person. But if you if you learn from it all, if you if you talk it out, like, like you know, you're you got your therapy and your yoga and then this album and everything, you're, you know, acknowledging the the ups and the downs so that you can handle and enjoy whatever comes next even better. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's oh that's you hit it right on the head, man. It's hard for me to even <clears throat> I think this is the first time I ever talked about it, like without just you know, without shedding a tear to be honest with you, just because it's so it's so personal for me. But I'm glad like it it that was my biggest fear above everything else was carrying carrying that hurt forward. Like I don't want to carry that forward because I don't want that to infect anything that I do moving forward. Cause I, I've seen what the, I've seen what happens when you do that. You know, my dad was like that, unfortunately. It was like he carried a lot of that forward and affected relationships with all his children and family and stuff like that. And I didn't and I could not let that happen. I just couldn't let it happen. For hell or high water, I wasn't gonna let it happen. So you know the and like I said, the, my, as my sister would say, there's a silver lining to everything, and this and that was it. I'm better mentally for it, and you know, and and how I convey my emotions and things like that moving forward. And, and this album was really the soundtrack for that. Like this is this was my crutch. Like there was nothing else being played for about six months. <laughs> there really wasn't, man. I remember, and it's creepy, but I remember I was sleeping on the couch in the house before I moved out. And then we had an Alexa dot. And then like randomly, Annie was Annie was sleeping on the end of the couch. Like 2.30 in the morning, the dot came on and was playing Sound and Color. And I was like, Alexa, turn off. Didn't turn off. Didn't turn on. And, and, I, and I promise you, bro, it was so, it was so surreal. It was like, I, I, I unplugged it after that and I threw it in the backyard. But it was like it, it came on because I was playing it earlier that day, but I was knocked out. Like it was, I was sound asleep and then it came on and, and it played and it was like, you know, it's everything happened for a reason. If that thing came on for a reason, it, you know, either to say it's going to be okay or, or acknowledge or whatever the case may be. But yeah, this was, this was it. This was it. And when I originally discovered it, like I said, it wasn't, it was just more from a perspective of, of, a, of a mix engineer. Like just from a, a phenomenon, from a, from from an aspect of damn, how can I get what I do to sound like that? I don't have nearly. I wasn't in a million dollar recording studio that looked like a barn. <laughs> you know, I'm working out of a I'm working out of a basically a redesigned bedroom, but I know I can achieve that. And it was and and I've, I've always approached everything that I do, every mixed contest I've ever entered, any from like the the amateur artists to to people with budgets. You know, when when I approach it, that's that's my gold standard, and it's not even in like you know truly like the vein of like R and B or hip hop where I don't even I don't even like putting the label on like that, but like it was at that time such a such a landmark such a landmark album for me, and then when I went back and listened to it, and during you know I was going through my divorce, it, it was a whole nother level, and then like it unlocked a whole nother arena for me, and. That one was painful and uncomfortable. It was painful, it was uncomfortable, and not, but I'm grateful for the growth and uh, and what this meant for me. Well, it so. sounds like you found some you know catharsis in it all. Yeah, uh, that's the yeah. word. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely some catharsis in it, man. Definitely, I can't wait so, to get it again on vinyl. 
Don't be jealous. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. Mine got ruined. Mine, uh, I had it in my storage unit, and the, and the storage unit flooded. So I lost all my vinyl. Uh, yeah, it's 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 still on the on my record player there. The uh, beautiful, you know, purple and black. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. I was hurt. Beautiful. Send, me, send me that picture. I was hurt. <laughs> Yeah. So, Sound and Color made your top spot for this. What what albums were on your shortlist? Uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Damn, and To Pimp a Butterfly. Jay Z's The Blueprint, Lauren Hill, The Miscommunication or Miseducation, Lauren Hill, and uh, Rose Royce, the Rose Royce album. And I, and I forgot the name of the album, but uh, Rose Royce in general, like they 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 were my top five. Because I have to, Kendrick Lamar is two A and two B. Because those those albums are phenomenal. But yeah, yeah, those made my. I've, li- I've listened to the Blueprint all the way, and obviously I've listened to Lord Hill, but I have not listened to Kendrick Lamar. That's that would be a new one for me. So, man, I don't. Come, come back on season three. We'll get, get yeah, you back on. yeah, yeah. Give me back on season three, man. I'd love to come back. I hope you invite me back. But yeah, those I definitely that's definitely one I could talk about. What was your What were your thoughts on? I mean, where do you? What are your thoughts on the album overall? With uh... Oh, this was a, a great album to me. I've listened to it now many, many times, which I do for all the albums, but, but this one is definitely a, a highlight in that I just, I really love good blues. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that soulful voice mixed in with that blues is not something you hear anymore. And I can't find a good comparison for the past. I, I could hear her voice singing like I said earlier, like Etta James or Irma Thomas sort of th- stuff. I could see her, you know, with the, with the scratchy voice, I could see her doing that in, in a very soulful, uh, beautiful way. But then you add in that black key style blues band and it's just something magical. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, I hope they, uh, they keep going and make more albums, you know, of this nature. And I hope they keep making complete albums like yeah. we talked about. Yeah. Not, not just a single here and there. I hope they keep, keep going. Cause this, this was a really a good listen straight through. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, her Brittany's voice, man. It's just, it's like Whitney. It's like Whitney Houston and Brittany Howard for me. And then, uh, are just like two voices that are like, well, forever and always just stand out for me. Like it's, in their in their power and 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 Brittany doesn't have a super strong voice. Her voice is kind of soft, but when she hits falsetto, hits a falsetto, hit a vibrato, it's like it's like nothing I've ever heard. And so it's it's like it's, it's just something different for me, man. Her her voice just hits different for me. So, but yeah, it's it, just I mean, because when when I think of like Aretha Franklin or, or or even back to say Etta James, I don't know. I keep focusing on Etta James, but they they could lean more into gospel. I could see them singing. Well, they have obviously, uh, but in a more uh, gospel vocal range, whereas I can't picture Brittany Howard singing gospel. Maybe she can. I'm not saying mm-hmm. she can't, but just as I can't picture her at this time, I picture her more going into the funky pirate and just taking the mic from big Al Carlson and singing lead blues to whatever he's playing. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah, but, definitely. Big L, God rest his soul. He passed away about a year or two ago. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think we need to make a date. I don't know, season four or whatever. We're just putting it out in the atmosphere. We're gonna do it in New Orleans, like on <laughs> on the on the deck somewhere on the Natchez somewhere. We're gonna do this in in New Orleans, and then uh, go drink afterwards, or whatever that'll, we want to get into. That'll work. That'll work. Get a get a balcony hotel room over bourbon, and just kind of talk about an album, and then we'll go hit the town. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We'll put that on oh, the that wall. Put that fun. on the wall. We'll make that happen, man. And then you know, I don't know if you have a Patreon by then or whatever. We have a behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, I've seen it all. I've, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've already envisioned the whole thing, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be lit. It's gonna be crazy. Well, before we wrap this up, please tell our listeners if you're working on anything where they can find you or anything you want to pitch. Yeah. You still reach me at uh, dcbaudio360.gmail. If uh, you're looking to get an audio book or record or mix, I have a constant studio to work out of. Right now I'm working on just three audio books for two different clients. And so I'm really big on that. That's, that's happening. And that's it, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. 
Well, Jamal, I want to thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure to sit and talk with you about sound and color from the Alabama Shakes. Thank you, man. You. Well, good night, bro. I love you, man. You know, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for listening to Music Rewind, a podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. As I always say, listen to the full album. Until next time. A podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. Back to you, anchors.